0: PWE and Me podcast, a place where we talk about the workplace, how it's changing, and ways that we can create an experience at work that is inspiring, real, and motivates us to bring our best self to work. PWE, what is it? Well, it's an acronym for Purposeful Workplace Experience. I'm on a mission to help our workplaces shift from being transactional to transformational, and PWE is how we will get there. My name is Carolyn Suara, your host and creator of PWE. So I am really excited for this episode uh, today. We've got with us Carrie Weckelo, and Carrie, actually, you know what? I need to start off by asking you: Did I pronounce your last name properly? You did. I'm very impressed, actually. <laughs> Great. Well, that's a good way to start, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> So Carrie, uh, Carrie is the Chief operating officer at Actualize Consulting. And uh, Carrie is also uh, an award-winning author. And that's actually how we met. Uh, you were the recipient of, of an award in a contest that I had also entered. And, uh, um, you know, your your book has had several accolades. And we connected after that. We read each other's book. And, uh, and I'm so glad, Carrie, that we're able to connect here and have a dialogue for the listeners out there who subscribe to PWE and me Uh, for us to just have some conversation about what we've learned out there in the world of, of culture consulting. And also, Carrie, what I'd love to hear you talk about is, is your experience as a chief operating officer and, you know, leading a company and how you create such a great culture. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me. I definitely appreciate it. You know, for me, I, I've been with Actualize for 14 years and the first five, um, of those years, we're very focused on getting the company up and running. And after five years, everybody was a little bit burned out and we weren't really focusing on our people. And at that point, I decided, okay, let's, I went to the partners. I said, let's, let's focus on our people. Let's make that the main, main focus. And that's what we've been doing for the last nine years. And we, we took our turnover rates from 33% down to less than 1% for the last three years. And um, now we're a financial services company, but we we offer, you know, services around culture and leadership and communication to our clients as well.
0: That's, yeah, that's, and, and, you know, I think that's, uh, that's one of the questions that I wanted to dig into with you is, is like, what is that connection? between fi- financial cons- uh, financial services because you don't typically put financial services consulting and culture consulting together um, so what what brought those two together was it was it that experience that you had with your organization it, it was so my whole book is really our case study of
1: how we turn things around and the principles that we used to focus on the people and I didn't the thing is is, Nine years ago, I didn't have this magical plan on how I was going to do that. I just knew in my heart that I, I wanted to focus on our people because we are so specialized um, in the financial services that, um, you know, finding good people is really hard. So I was spending so much time recruiting and then re-recruiting top talent into the organization. So... Um, it's really our case study. And then once in 2016, we had zero people leave the organization. The partners were like, hmm, what you've been doing is really working. And so that's when they came to me and asked if we could provide the same, because we're a consulting company, like we have already had this huge client base. Why don't we add on the services around helping them with their organizations? We do a lot of systems implementation. So you can add in the culture piece around change management as well. So that's a big part of it. Um, and it's, it's been really fun because, you know, I, I love running the company, but I also have been really happy to get back out into the consulting world and get back in uh, client facing mode. Yeah. So it's been really fun. I love it. It doesn't feel like work. Sometimes after I do something, I'll be like, Oh, it doesn't even feel like work.
0: <laughs> and Carrie, just for the listeners out there, how big is your, is the company like in terms of number of employees?
1: It's less than 100, so we're small and mighty, um, but we do have offices in the U.S., the UK and Canada. Um, and we're, we're looking to expand even further globally. So, um, we're definitely continuing to grow.
0: Yeah. Um, that's great. Well, so you're, you're technically in my backyard in Canada. I didn't, I didn't realize that we'll have to talk about that at another time. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so something you've said there really resonated for me, uh, which is this idea of systems. So when you talked about system changes, as, as I'd, I'd like to dig into that a little bit more because quite often we might have the best intentions to show up a certain way and create a certain culture but the systems that we work within can um be barriers uh so i'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts around this idea of how your systems can help you create the thriving culture
1: Right. So, I mean, at our clients, they're very specialized. We we focus on like treasury management systems. Um, so a lot of times, like in that type of instance, or even in our other practice, or even even right now internally with Actualize, we're going through some growing pains and we're taking our own, per- how we run our business, and how we consult our clients and, and taking a look in internally. But a lot of times systems are replacing manual processes, spreadsheets, places where you can have errors, And people just get overworked and overburdened. Um, So systems can help you automate and help you really take your thinking to a higher level so you can run the organization better and you're not, you know, in that grind of just pushing paper. You can really take a step back and, and run the business more successfully. And I think that just takes the pressure off of people because if you have, say you have a manual error I mean that's very stressful yeah. on a person right and, and it's not that they nobody means to make that error but if you have a lot on your plate that can happen so a system really kind of helps streamline that and 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 helps take away those errors and takes the pressure off of the people
0: and uh, as you bring in some of these new systems i'm going to presume you're not looking to replace people with systems you're just freeing up people to do a different type of work or to be able to do more customer facing work it just it depends okay. on you
1: know the organization and you know they might get redeployed to something different um, it could potentially um, reduce headcount. And that's a lot when you're working, like um, adding in the culture piece and the change management. It's really making sure, because a big part of my theory with my culture infusion and my nine principles, and one of them is really around that effective communication and being open and honest with people. And so that's what we try to bring into those implementations, is just really keeping people informed along the way, so they know how it's impacting them. They know the why, why are we doing, why are we implementing this system? How is it going to um, help meet the company's goals? How's it going to impact me? How's it going to change my role? So people really understand and know that so they can get on board with it. And sometimes, you know, that's why we started adding that into our processes um, and our projects, because it, it was something I think a lot of times had been getting glossed over before we we were really focusing
0: on it more and it makes a big difference. Oh it absolutely does. And I'm looking at the nine principles right now and, and practice effective communication is principle number four. So why don't why don't we uh why don't we look to those nine principles because that was the basis of your book which I love by the way and go buy it at any of your your book buying locations. We won't push one any more than the other. Uh, But you know, the book's called Culture Infusion, Nine Principles for Creating and Maintaining a Thriving Organizational Culture. Um, so the nine principles, uh, Carrie, maybe, do you want to go through what those nine are? Um, and I had a, I had a few specific questions around, we won't, I know we won't be able to talk about all nine, but, um, mm-hmm. maybe we could highlight a few. Um, do you want, do you want to list out the nine principles? Do you want me to list it out? How do you, how do you want to share that um, with I everyone can, out there?
1: Yeah, I, I, I can do it. That's okay. fine. Um, so the first one is providing intentional leadership. Um, and that one is just really. Um, and we've talked a lot about this, Caroline is just, you know, kind of walking, you know, you walk the walk, you walk what you're talking and you just really show up each day. um, And with this, you know, open heart and really leading by example. And, Um, You know, I think that's really helped a lot of the organization. I mean, people, I even, I talk about it in the recruiting process, Mm -hmm. that intentional leadership and really taking accountability. And for us, we as leaders take accountability for supporting what our, what our team members need and want, but then we also put it back on them. You need to be accountable to tell us what you want and need, because I don't if you don't tell me something's wrong, I, I don't know yeah. that it's
0: wrong. Do you know what stood um, out to me, Carrie? Um, mm-hmm. was the statement that you made in the book around one's personal story shapes how they lead. And and I know that, you know, when I was in the corporate world, I knew that. Um, but when I really got to know that and understand what you know, some of my triggers were and some of the things that the values that I couldn't live by, it, I found that it helped me lean into leadership in a much different way. So, you know, that, that first principle about providing intentional leadership, what it really said to me was you really need to know who you are and do that work to understand who you are mm-hmm. and what your why is. What your why. Absolutely.
1: I mean, the why. And, you know, if you know what your why is and you could communicate that, I mean, it's really hard for somebody not to get on board if they know why they're doing it. Exactly. It just makes things go smoother.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was a big piece of principle one uh, that really stood out for me.
1: So that's principle one. Principle two um, is prioritizing your personal wellness. And, um, you know, this for me was a a big one because I'd started um, got, you know, was on the ground floor of starting actualize. I had, you know, two kids, you know, from two thousand five to two thousand and ten. I mean, I, I started up a business and had two kids and didn't take maternity leave. Wow. So, I mean, I was just, you know, I, I was done. Yeah. <laughs> I, do that. I was <laughs> exhausted, right? And um, but what really turned things around for me was, you know, A focusing on our people, but B was taking time for myself and making sure that I was prioritizing being Healthy on all levels. Um, and so I, I think that's a big part. And that's a big part of our culture at Actualize is promoting that. And typically, when somebody comes to me stressed out, I'm like, what did you do for yourself today? What are you doing? Yeah. What inspires you? What do you love to do? Um,
0: because that's usually where it is. It has nothing to do really with work. So <laughs> you know, true. like yeah, it's yeah, so true, and uh, yeah. I mean, gosh, we could talk for hours just about <laughs> too alone. And and I know, you know, you're you're quite active on social media. I see you really share that with people, and I I think it's so important to help us all understand all the little components of wellness because it's not just making sure. Um, you know, you go to the gym every day, you know, there's mind, body, spirit, there's all these different elements. And you do such a great job, Carrie, of sharing that very openly um, and authentically uh, in your in your social media from what I've seen.
1: Well, thank, thank you. You know, I, I try to be an open book, you know, and I mean, you and and I think people then, you know, they want to talk to you because they see that, you know, they see that you are, you know, practicing, you know, you didn't just write a book and then that's all you did. Right. You know, it's like, I'm talking about it every week and I'm sharing personal stories. Um, so yeah, so the personal wellness, that's a huge one for me. It's, it's huge for our company. And I know that, I mean, there's been people within our organization who never had worked out and then, you know, never worked out, never meditated, never, thought about like taking a couple of (laughs) breaths, never thought about, you know, and, and now, you know, they really take time for themselves and, and we, we, you know, that's part of our conversation and coaching with them. Um, The third principle kind of, is an extension of that. And that's just, you know, really insisting on this healthy work-life balance. And I've seen a lot in social media and a lot on, in the news about, you know, there is no such thing as work-life balance. You know, I get that, but you know, it is, I mean, I, I've taken quite a few vacations this year. Um, two of which, you know, I I was unplugged and then, you know, the last two weeks I was doing a working vacation at the beach. Um, and that felt good to me. Right. So, you know, I think you have to be, understand, you know, what you need and want, um, and, you know, set some boundaries for yourself and your boundaries might change every week, but you know, you have to really look at that and communicate that to, to your leadership. That's exactly the word
0: that I would use, um, is that know your boundaries and, and in Mm -hmm. fact, you need to know what they are for yourself as opposed to having a company tell you what they are.
1: Exactly. And you have to be willing to communicate those. Exactly. Um, And that, so that's what, you know, we work with our people on that. And, you know, I I think sometimes people, look at like, like your principles are like, gosh, you know, half of them aren't even about running a company. I'm like, I know, but you have to focus on your people first. Right. So well, that's a big but it piece is, of it. But that, <laughs> is,
0: that is running a company, right? Like it running is. a company is building the principles to help people <laughs> bring their best selves. So um, right. Right, I'll get all wound right. up in, uh, on that together. <laughs> you know, I think it's so big. I, I really, I want to just kind of come back to that idea of boundaries because, you know, that device that is on us 20 24 seven, it seems like, Mm -hmm. um, we have to own our own boundaries and that's a bit of a mind shift. And I know for me, you know, my phone, I love my phone. I have so much on my phone. I can control the thermostat. I can open the garage door. I can hear music. I hear pot. Like there's so much that goes on in my phone. You know, at one point I was running six social media accounts, I, it was taking over my life, and so I have developed a very healthy relationship with my phone. Well, I'm sure it could get better, like any relationship, but um, <laughs> it stays downstairs in the basement now, uh, and, and I've, I've learned how to create boundaries. You know, it, it all comes back to those boundaries, and you know, if I need to use it on a weekend, hey, there's going to be times um, But you have to be flexible and know what those boundaries are, but if you don't create them, the boundaries for yourself, the world will create it for you, and it's too it's too busy out there, right?
1: No, it it, it truly is, and you know, like I said too, with the boundaries, it it can change, right? Yeah, you can be okay with that. You don't have to be so black and white about it, but it has to feel good to you. And I, I just, you know, I think that's a the 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 biggest thing for people is like, you know, what what do you need right now? And yeah. it's going to change yeah. from day to day, week to week, month to month, and um, so. Going into, like, the fourth um, the fourth and fifth principle kind of relate, again, to And uh, the fourth one is practicing effective communication. Um, I, you know, with we're talking, you know, kind of talking about technology, talking about people being on their phones. I mean, you know, I go to restaurants and I see p- nobody's talking to each other I know. anymore. They're Isn't all it sad? on their phones. I mean, it does. I mean, like, sometimes it like, it makes me makes it like, I'm depressed. I know. I
0: hear you. Or you just want to say, hello, you've got this amazing person in front of you. I know.
1: Yeah. Right. Like have a conversation. Um, so, you know, I think that for me, this, I, in my seminars and, um, we practice this a lot internally is active listening. And I know that's, you know, sounds super simple, but, you know, really, are you taking time to listen and not talking over people? Are you giving them time to kind of formulate what, what they're even talking about right yeah. um so that, i think that's just so huge um and the fifth one is handling conflict directly openly and immediately Ooh, that's a big word um, conflict that's kind of scary conflict <laughs> challenges and you know what we're gonna have them exactly. doesn't matter exactly you can be everything can be going smooth 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 and bam you're gonna have a challenge you're gonna have a conflict it's just it's life and so the more we can quickly get on top of those, you know, the smoother things will run. And, you know, what happened with me is I, I do love to listen to people. I love to help people, but as we continue to grow and actualize, it's like, I don't have time for the, he said, the, she said, right. And so I I came up with this super simple, um, method called the three P method of pausing to pivot to a positive. And it's like, okay, let, tell me what happened. And then let's take a moment and like let's figure out what can we do to resolve it. If you can't resolve it, let's determine what did we learn yeah. from what just happened. Um, and that you know that really helps tremendously um, in kind of dealing dealing with it. And also getting everybody on the phone, getting everybody in the same room. Get away from the email. You know that's it. it just it's a lot harder to, for somebody to, to tell you something um, you know, negative than them speaking the words. Absolutely. Um, so just really, and for me, it's been huge and everybody always asks me, you know, how do you have so much capacity? And I always say it's because I deal with, if I have an issue, if I have a conflict, if I have something, I'm, I'm going to hit it head on and I don't spin. And, you know, like I was in a car accident. And I was thinking I was like, man, you know, 5 years ago, I probably would have called 10 people to tell them. I didn't call anybody because yeah. it was just a little fender bender. I was like, "Eh, no big deal." Yep. Um, and then, you know, my kids were like, well, "What happened to the car?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Well, <laughs> I didn't it, even tell them. It comes back <laughs> to
0: I think it comes back to those, you know, principle 2 in particular. Like when you're able to focus on 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 all aspects of yourself, you can let certain things go and put mm-hmm. your focus where you want it to be. And and you know, my own issues with conflict, this one really stood out to me because I used to be very conflict averse and to me, conflict had a lot of heaviness and negativity to it. Um, and, and what I realized, and maybe it took me too long to figure this out is healthy relationships at work at home, you know, kids, Parents, family, whatever, and work colleagues. You need conflict. You need a difference of opinion. So that I, mm-hmm. I look at differences in in terms of conflict because conflict just has, as I said, a heavy term to me or heavy right. feel. But we need those differences, and we need to be able to chat, talk, discuss, and then move forward. It doesn't need to be like a you know a a derailer of any sort. We just need to get no, it out and move no. on. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And, and, and everybody feels so much better yes. if they just, you know, move, if they kind of try to pivot, you know, fairly yeah. quickly. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback too. It's like, well, what if I want to stay mad for a while? I'm like, well, that's, you know, you that's your choice. Totally. And, and believe me, I, sometimes I, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in a little pause mode for a while myself, you know? Yep. Um, I, I had a recent situation. I was like, I, I was joking with people. I'm like, I, I had an adult timeout. Um. <laughs> And that's okay, right? So you have to be you have to be gentle with yourself. Like you are not I mean, but what I've found is um I've there's a cumulative impact of that pausing to pivot to a positive. So say more about that. Um the more I do it, the quicker I go there. Like I don't spin right in that negative, you know, that negative or that difference. I don't spin. I'm like, okay, what's the resolution? What's my lesson? Let's move. Right. And I'm pretty quick about Have it. Have
0: you read the I book? Mean, like I said, hmm? go the ahead. Book? Well, I just, what, what's coming to mind for me is the book by Susan David, emotional agility. I don't know if you've read that book or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. and that's exactly what you said, right? Deal with it, pivot, mm-hmm. and then go. It's that, it's that agility um, her work it is. Begins. And it's just, it yeah. gets easier just like working, you know, running,
1: right. It gets easier as you condition yourself. Exactly. And so I've just kind of conditioned and, um, you know, as an organization, people know like, Hey, Carol, help me figure out things, but she's, we're not going to be talking about the drama right. at all. Right. Just, we're not going to, yeah, we I don't, don't care. Yep. No, there's no, it's not necessary. Right. Yep. So, um, the six, principle, which we've, re- there's really, I mean, the whole, the whole premise of exactly. everything is focusing, focusing on your people. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about that a lot. And then oh, can I ask you a established- question about that, mm-hmm. Carrie? Cause yeah, I'll admit when I, I read it, it like I thought,
0: why did, okay, first of all, why is it number six? Cause it should be number one, in my opinion. I know, and then right? why did you even put it in there? Because it really is the overarching philosophy. So I'm curious to hear, um, Is there more, why why did you want it to be a specific principle as opposed to an overarching belief? Because it was that um, important to me.
1: And I was doing more specifics around, you know, hiring the right, you know, hiring the right team. How are you rewarding your people? Are you making Mm. sure that Okay. You know, you are giving them opportunities to grow as people. So there's a lot of what we do at Actualize that's really focused on. We, um, in our goal setting, we have people, it's people, projects, and profitability. But under people, there is three A's, which is um, your acumen. So, you know, because we are such a subject matter expertise firm, you know, what are you doing to continue your education, continue, you know, really strengthening your skill sets, you um, The accountability piece is one of the A's because as, you know, we promote you taking accountability and us also taking accountability. And then what do you aspire to do? Um, So I wanted, I wanted a chapter Mm. to talk about some of the specifics that we do. And, you know, when we changed the way we did our, you know, our, our goal setting and that's principle eight is aligning your goals to rewarding performance. And so that's why it's kind of, you know, it, It goes together, and the um, principle seven, which I just glossed over, is conducting employee surveys. So asking people what they want, too. So you have this, like, you're focusing on your people. You're asking them what they want. You're making sure that they're setting their goals to align with their aspirations, making sure everybody's taking accountability. So we have, like, a career planning piece of that. And it's like, what do you want to accomplish this year? And then we work towards me. I mean, I was just having a conversation this morning with one of the partners. I was like, these are the three people that want to get promoted. Like, are they on track? Is there anything I need to do to make sure that they're where they need to be, right? Um, so... 'cause I'm right. taking I, I right. feel very accountable that they are successful at the end of the year.
0: Right. And and so so I mean really principles six, seven, and eight are, mm-hmm. are definitely connected. They are. You know, what stands out for me with principle six, though, is that as an organization, as a leader, investing time, you know, it, your time is a resource and, and you mm-hmm. know, from reading your book, you investing your time in those discussions with people to help them take the path they want to take is to me what principle six is all about, is investing in your people and that time is well worth it. It absolutely is, is worth it.
1: And I mean, I, you know, new people, some, like, I, I always like check in with people when they first to check in a, within a month. And like recently, like, I was like, did I do something wrong? I was like, no, I'm just checking in. I want to see how you're doing. He right. goes, companies don't do that, Carrie. I'm like, ah, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have like, you know, I shouldn't have, I, I didn't even think that he would have thought anything was wrong. Right. That's just but that's, norm. That's my norm. That's just what I do. I'm just being me, you know. Um, But he really appreciated it. And like to me, that is worth every minute of my day to do that. And that's what I love. I love that
0: piece about my job. And that's where we want. Ideally, I think that's where we want people to be is to is to recognize that that's a that's a standard around here. I mean, I can't tell Mm -hmm. you how many times I'm sure you've heard it too. Well, I'm so busy. I've got so many things to do this week. I'm just gonna, I've had to reschedule my one on ones, but that's okay. They'll understand. And you know, four mm-hmm. weeks later, there's you know, there's one of the people just thinking, oh well, clearly I don't care to that person, uh, to right. that manager, and that that wasn't the intention. Uh, but but I'm with you. Like to me, that's such a huge message. It doesn't have to be an hour every week. It doesn't Mm-mm. need to be every week, depending on the employee, but some amount of time, some time to connect. That's what I call it in my in my book, um, is is connection, and giving yes. that space for connection. And it doesn't have to be oodles and oodles of time out of your week.
1: No, absolutely not. And it's very appreciated by, you know, by people. And that's where you're going to get your nuggets of, you know, for me, I mean, we've made tons of changes over the years. And, you know, yes, I've had some good ideas, but I also have a lot of ideas from our people and listening to what they, you know, what because they're in the, you know, in the day to day, what, what's going to make things better around here. Right. Um, And so that's why we spend a lot of time on the surveys too. I mean, we survey for everything. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I'm like, eh, I'm like, but you know what, then I have high participation rates and things because, you know, because I'm always asking people what they want. And then I go with the majority. So, and then I tell people why I did it, you know?
0: So, and so you say surveys now, I know that, you know, what's your thought around that? Like, are people over-surveyed? Like, do they think, oh gosh, another keep one, them how often do you do Wait, no. I keep them super short. Okay? Yeah, I keep them
1: short. Yeah, keep them um, short. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, you know, we, and so principle nine is around ent- encouraging team connection. Um, so that's a really big part of our, you know, because we are, a lot of us are remote. We're not, or we're at consulting sites. We're not together in one office all the time. So that, Encouraging team connection is really important for us, so I use surveys a lot around social events, charity events. um, You know, here are some dates and times. Here are some options of things you know that I you know that I want, and then I always say other. I always, always, always say other. So that's one way I use surveys. I also will use surveys around okay, what you know, how are the benefits going? But I always keep them. Very short, less than ten questions usually no more than five, and I keep it very specific to a subject. Okay. Um, and then I always follow up with what, what what was our decision, and you know what were some themes that we were seeing because you know i and I think that's why people don't mind because they're i don't you know they're not it's not the eye roll, right? It's like okay. I know I'm going to get the survey, but I'm also going to, she's going to tell me, you know, the results of it. I'm going to know what the decision was. It's and like I'm, a, continuous, I'm helping. Sh- it's a yeah. continuous
0: loop, right? Because that's it a is. really important piece is following up mm-hmm. afterwards. Hey, we heard you say mm-hmm. this. And now mm-hmm. as a result, here's what's happened. Exactly. Or, and sometimes
1: I even find that, like, let's talk about benefits. And they're like, Oh, I'd like to have X, Y, Z. And then I'm like, but we have that as a benefit. Mm. So sometimes it's even educational. Like people don't even know what they have. They're yeah. not even utilizing what they have. Um, so it, it, it gives me a lot of really good information. And that's why I always have on every single question you know, other, you know, at the end, is there anything else you'd like to share? And I get a lot of information in those, like, you know, paragraphs. And <laughs> how,
0: sure. like, how often are you checking in um, or pulsing or like, is it, is it once a month? Just a, once every, just depends. So you I mean, don't have so a standard. You know what? You know, I, you know, I'm
1: kind of, you know, I'm kind of like, just go with the flow. Um, I really follow my intuition a lot. Right. So I'll give you really, this is, I'll tell you why, when I do it, I'm like, hmm, I don't, I'm not sure what decision I should make right now. Mm. Oh, you know what? I'm going to ask. Mm. I'm going to ask the team, see what they want. Right. I mean, you know, then that way I'm not in my own little bubble and head. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. And you're, you're sharing that, well, I guess you're mm-hmm. sharing that accountability, but giving everybody a voice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it makes me, it makes me feel more connected too. So it's a win-win. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and it really lives into, as you said, principle nine, which was encouraging that team connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we went to the principles. We yeah. went to all nine. Let me ask you this. In your experience and the clients that you work with, so y- you you practice those and now you take these same principles to your customers when you do the culture work now, right? Mm-hmm. What is there, out of those nine, is there one that you... Um, is it sort of like a best place to start or something that's a little bit easier, something that's, um, cause you and I both know everybody, I'm sure out there knows you can't change a culture overnight. It's something that's going to evolve. There's a lot of, you know, historical stuff that, you know, you can't just forget about. Um, so is there one that's more easy to start with? And then conversely, is the, like, what's the hardest out of all nine that you find your clients? It takes them a long time, a longer time to get there.
1: Well, the easiest place to start is on the, you know, the effective, you know, the communication and handling challenges, um, and we usually will focus the, the seminar, and I'm, I mean everything I do is very interactive. So we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, what's going on within their own organization and trying to problem solve, but using using techniques that I use on active listening and handling handling the challenges and, you know, have some fun ways to do it. So it's a really nice team building. It's a, it's a feel good. And I always, you know, people have easy um, things that they can take away. So for instance, um, I I play an improv game and it's, um, you have like an object and you have to say, okay, so let's say that I had um, a piece of gum and I would say, you know, this, this is um, my magic carpet, which is completely ridiculous. Right. Um, And then the person, and so the first rule of improv is yeah, yeah, you say, yes, Yes and, and. yep. Yes. And, and so the person's like, yes, Carrie, I can see how this would be a magic carpet. And, and, right. And so it's just, it's a fun way to um, say, listen, when somebody comes to you, they might have, they might've spent hours on this idea. Don't just. Tell them no immediately, right? Because right? that's where a lot of the conflict comes. So, you know, I, you know, do some really more fun, interactive, um, you know, ways to talk about effective communication. So they have some things that they can go back to in the organization that they can be more playful.
0: Yes. About it, right. Playful, a little lighter, yes. yeah. you know,
1: I yep. mean, um, you know, I usually by the end of, you know, a seminar, it's like heavy and then it gets lighter. So that's the easiest um, place to start. Um, in my opinion. Okay. I what, think, what's the most yeah. difficult?
0: What's the, the, out of those nine principles?
1: Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm so focused on that, you know, the balance and the prioritizing the personal wellness. Um, You know, I've done a lot on stress management, but people don't really want to talk about those boundaries and they mm-hmm. don't you know what I mean? Like they just want yep. their people to get the job done. Yeah. Um, it's what I'm seeing. Um, and so and that's been eye opening to me, uh, for sure. Um, so there's less of that. Um, and more like let's talk. Let's say let's tell them how to manage their stress versus yeah. like setting
0: the boundaries. And then I
1: usually throw in the boundaries.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, <laughs> anyways, there's some but, strong beliefs that that. You know, we're trying Mm -hmm. to break there, and some, you know, again, Mm -hmm. the hierarchy. You know, for so many years, businesses thrived on tell us what to do, and we shall go do it, and Mm -hmm. we'll be efficient about it. So that's, you know, Mm -hmm. keep keep doing it. Uh, It's it's going to we will evolve. I firmly believe that we will evolve, uh, but we have to just keep at it. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I mean, and it's it's funny for me too because you know we. I, I mean, I just before this, this, this call, I mean, I had one of our clients reach out to me wanting to come work. For us. Wow. So I'm like, you know, they see, you yeah. know, they're working with our people. They're like, Hey, I want to join, join you guys. I'm like, okay, let's talk. That's
0: the best um, recruiting method right there, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it, it
1: really is. And I, and I think that's the thing too, that, um, you know, the partners trusted me when I said, let's focus on our people, but they didn't realize it's a really good, because, you know, before I had to talk about our culture, but now there's so much out there. There's a book. I mean, it, it and people come to me saying, oh gosh, I you know, already saw all this stuff. Like let's, you know, I, 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 it's just really easy to recruit people now to, into, into our organization.
0: Yeah. Well, it's this whole like employee experience, right? When the experience mm-hmm. lives up to what uh, you're, you're saying on paper, that's the, I mean, you don't need to that's the marketing plan right there in and of itself
1: it is and I didn't even have a plan so there you go
0: well and that's what (laughs) I that's what I I, again I think is so real about you Carrie and why I wanted to have you on the show is that you know when you know your background isn't necessarily in psychology or social work um you know you are like a a finance person right Mm -hmm. Um, you know you Mm -hmm. had an MBA in information technology uh it's it's what we would you know I guess if we want to put people into boxes, which I don't want to do, but you know, more on the logic um, right. side of the spectrum. Um, but that's like let's let's bash those boxes, and we need both. We absolutely yeah. need both. We need.
1: And the funniest thing about that is that I wanted to be a psychology major, and my mom told me no. Oh, I had to go into business. So I think it's. Been there, um, you know, and but I, you know, I'm really grateful that she told me no because I have both sides now. Like I can implement a system, yeah. and then I can also bring you know the more the softer side, and you know, making sure that people are on board and they know the why and all that, and it it, it makes it very you know effective for me. And doing my job because I have all those different skill sets. So I think it's all very important. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, at the end of the uh, at the end of the day, we're all humans. I firmly believe that very few people. I know there's a few sociopaths out there. Hopefully, they're not listening to this podcast. But um, you know, most people get up every day and want to go do a good job at work. They really do. They want to be good people. They want to do a great job at work. And, and how do we help ourselves reconnect with that belief? Because sometimes just shit happens in our life and, Mm -hmm. and at work and, and we can get in our own way. And so if we can be there to help each other, just remind ourselves of that simple, why we all really do what we do, you know, Mm -hmm. we can get back to being more humanized in our workplace. Yeah, no, absolutely. And
1: I mean, I think you know people want to they 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 want that, right? They do. Um and and like you said it, it's it's trending that way. I mean, we just have both been earlier adopters yep. um of it, um but it's definitely trending and you know you see it more and more and people are, you know, they want to get back. I mean, especially like I see, you know, I mean with my kids and their teenagers, you know, they yeah, they're on their phones a lot, but they also they can also put it down and just go and do it. You know, they don't have to be, you know, they, they just, I I can see them wanting that connection. And I I just think everybody really needs that and wants that in life. And it it
0: feels good. right? Well, and we're wired for it. It's actually the way Mm -hmm. we're wired. So, so Carrie, before we close off, um, what's next for Carrie? What's next for Actualize? Is there anything you could share with us? Well, I am. I just started a new book. Um, That's exciting. That's
1: going to be focused more on gratitude. So I'm excited about that Um, because I think that's a bit, we didn't really talk about that today, but I think that's a big part of our culture too. That wasn't in my first book uh, that, you know, I want to focus on and then actualize in general, we just keep expanding internationally, which is very exciting. So,
0: and the silhouette out of that is, Hey, when you focus on your people, you can grow your business.
1: You can grow your business. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And, you know, you can have long tenure and have people who, you know, fill a part of something, yeah. which is just exciting that, you know, that's what inspires me is when I can give people that opportunity. Absolutely. To really enjoy what they're doing.
0: Well, Carrie, thank you so much. This time just flew by. Um, I'm really, uh, I'm, uh, I'm really grateful you were able to make time in your schedule to come on. I'm grateful that people get to hear about the nine principles in your book. And I am looking forward to your new book when it comes out. When is is it coming out next year, next month? Can you give us a... uh, next year (laughs) I don't (laughs) want to overpromise. cool well um, again I'll remind everyone out there Carrie's book is called Culture Infusion Nine Principles for Creating and Maintaining a Thriving Organizational Culture and you are on LinkedIn you're on Twitter YouTube Instagram uh, personally and then I know Actualize Consulting is also um, you know on Twitter and Instagram as well so uh, please go check it out everyone and Carrie again uh, lots of gratitude and thanks to you for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much. It was, it was a really good time. I appreciate it.
0: Interested in hearing more about PWE? Well, I'd welcome you to buy my book, Rules of Engagement, building a workplace culture to thrive in an uncertain world. I share stories, personal and professional, about different elements of PWE. And it's available on Amazon or on Indigo. Thanks to all of you out there. This is why we do this. This is why we have this conversation. We look forward to being with you again on our next PWE and Me podcast. Now, The best way you can hear us is to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes. And if you don't like either one of those two, you can always go to my website at carolynswora.com.